Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy Award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, this is Pam Perry. Thank you for joining me today. I just want to give a shout out to that voiceover. That was actually my husband, Mark Perry, who does voiceover. And then the videographer for that was Bob Ivory. So thank you so much for making me feel like I'm a TV journalist when I'm just a PR person. <laughs> so today we're going to talk to a real TV journalist today. We're going to talk to Kristen L. Pope. She's a TV journalist, award-winning journalist. And we're going to talk about the whole field of getting out there getting known in the world of broadcasting. But let me read the formal bio before I let Kristen tell you her story. She's an award-winning journalist, like I said. She's worked as a general assignment reporter for News 12 in New York since 2014, an Emmy award-winning station. She covers some of the biggest stories in the region and, and has visited, you know, to, you know, including Post France's recent visit to the Northeast. Um, before joining News 12, she um, Pope founded her own boutique production company called Pope Productions. She has a deep desire to bring social and cultural conversation that doesn't necessarily get covered in mainstream to platform for uh, to a, to a platform for viewers, which is one of the main reasons why I want to bring her on. She has a show called um, a, a flagship variety show called The Positive Controversy with Kristen Pope. And I just love her. This is mission driven, not just like, oh, I want to be on TV, but Kristen is mission driven. Um, as executive producer and host, Pope wrote, produced, and funded the six episode season that covered topics like mental illness in black men, the need for diversity in fashion. A short while after the season aired, YouTube um, offered uh, for several distribution companies. Um, it resulted in Pope licensing two of the six episodes to network television. See, when you follow your passion, things just open up. Um, she also has a passion for creating a series and came after um, the education reporter that was in um, Texas, uh, KTXS. There she uh, honed her skills as a writer which is one of the main things, reporter, anchor, videographer, producer, and editor, the whole the whole thing. So she'll tell you about her whole journey. She did a special report there called Refugee Students Still Struggling with English Are Required to Take the Star Test. Uh, she also has a passion for telling stories. At a young age when she would write, she would just write fiction for fun, right? That's like one of the things. She graduated from uh, Univ Hampton University Scripps Howard School of Journalism and um, communication and basically has a broadcast journalism degree. Uh, since then, she's interviewed community leaders like Reverend Al Sharpton, TV One's Roland Martin, former NAACP president and NABJ president Ben uh, Jealous. And she also is a sought after speaker and mistress of ceremony. And she speaks obviously at a lot of different events. So if you want to have her speak at your event, she's available for that. Uh, she's also active member of the uh, AKA sorority, which I think uh, we know someone who's in that as well as uh, uh, our vice president. But she began her career as an intern and then reported for Hampton's uh, uh 
public access channel 47. So I'm going to stop there and let her go on because, you know, and really tell us about this whole um, career that she's had, this journey. One of the things I want to just say, because one of the things you talked about is the last person on here is during her years at Hampton, Pope earned uh, the Dean's List and served as a personal photographer for journalism Dean and longtime TV host, Tony Brown. I love Tony Brown. So if you did that, now I know where this, now, now I know where this comes from. <laughs> you, cannot be, you cannot be around Tony Brown and feel like, okay, I'm going to be down with the people because he is enlightening. I we love were required him. to read his book as seniors in college. We were required to read his book. And I was asked personally, to be his photographer, his personal photographer while he was on campus. And it was a huge, an absolute huge honor. I had grown up knowing who Tony Brown was because of Tony Brown's journal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really showing off how much of a journalism nerd I am. But well, I, I had I'm in Detroit. Up. So it was like uh, Tony Brown's journal started out in Detroit. Yes. So it just was like, it was a beacon of black journalism and hard black journalism, you know, kind of like 60 Minutes a show that I've always loved. I've always been gravitated to uh, 60 Minutes because it gets right into the story without a bunch of fluff. And mm-hmm. so I'm, yeah, I'm a journalist journalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the issues that really matter. So yeah. with, with 2020, the things that we saw in 2020 with um, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd and just, Oh, it just accumulated. Uh, so many things happened in 2020. We had the protests and things like that. So your show, Positive Controversy, kind of explain how that, you were really doing all this before 2020 hit. So kind of explain how when it happened, what kind of shifts and things that you did during that time in order to um, really make your your difference more readily available for the world. So I'll tell you, thank you. First of all, Pam, thank you so much for having me on your amazing show. And I was like, your husband is the voiceover. You all are power team. Like, <laughs> on steroids. this is amazing. And I totally get that. My husband was my very first videographer when I was launching into the business. He's a finance professional. So he was really just helping a sister out. So I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. So the Positive Controversy with Kristen Pope is my digital show. I started the show after a few years as a journalist in the field. And in the field, you get to see what stories make the air and what stories don't. You get to see what stories are at the bottom of the newscast and what stories lead the newscast. If it bleed, it leads. Listen, Mm -hmm. that was coined by Edmund Anson, who God rest his soul, he passed away last year. He founded the WHDA station here and the Seven News Channel in Miami. And so he coined that phrase, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Newsrooms mm-hmm. live by that. If it bleeds, it, it leads. Bleeds. That means that goes to the top of our news. And so, mm-hmm. so often the stories that were feel good stories, the stories that were about black people, the good stories about black people always fell to the bottom of the news or you had to fight to get them on air. And so after a couple of years of that, I was like, you know what? I want to tell these stories. These stories matter. I want an award. My first journalism award, I won it for telling a story about Black people that mattered. And so I created the Positive Controversy as a place to have conversation about underrepresented groups of people. So Black people in the tech field, Black entrepreneurs, Black financiers, things that you just don't hear about on your day-to-day news, and positive images. 
positive images that often get get twisted and turned. I mean, I can remember a, a producer telling me to go, you know, he wanted me to go interview in Mount Vernon, a young group of black men who, when I got there, Pam, just, they didn't want to talk to me, not because I was a black woman, but they didn't trust the media mm. because they're like, whenever, you know, we get interviewed or whenever they come here, it's always to tell a bad story. Right. And so I had to explain that to my newsroom to say, listen, this is the, this is the, the this is the gap we have here. This is the bridge that we need to fill. We have got to do a better job at telling black community stories because this is the problem we're having. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go do it myself. You gonna so do there it? lies the positive controversy. Oh my God, I love it, I love it. And mm -hmm. so, so you wanted to be in journalism since high school. Yeah. And now give me the full circle moment of what you're doing right now with high school so, students. Um, like you said, I wanted to be in journalism since high school. I've been an Oprah Winfrey fan for forever. And Oprah Winfrey truly, you know, in studying her career, I mean, for so many brown girls, white girls is, you know, just a beacon of hope. She is the model in the mm -hmm. example. And so I've always loved telling stories and I've always loved interviewing people, like getting and listening to their human story. So I went to Hampton University. I started as a marketing major. And I was almost flunking out of school because I because they required stats and I was just not great with the numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I went home like dejected after my sophomore year, like, mom, like, what am I going to do? And so we spent the summer just kind of drilling down. This is what you love to do. So you need to study journalism. So mm -hmm. I went back in my junior year. I, I moved my my I, I switched majors. The journalism school had opened the year that I switched my major. It was wow. brand new. It was that year that it opened. Wow. So I was the incoming, the first incoming class into the Scripps Howard School of Journalism Communication. It came through a $10 million endowment. It's huge. Right. So I got to be the first class in there. I mean, it was just total like providential, divine. God, mm -hmm. thank you, Lord. And so I, I entered the school. I mean, I was basically like straight A's by the end of the year because I was doing what I loved. Wow. I was so passionate. And so after I, I, I interned in New York, my junior year at a, at a media house. I so tell them about the internships. The internships are big paying jobs. They're, well, so this one, oh my gosh. Thank God for relationships because this particular um, internship in New York paid me $1,500 a month. And That's this was in lot. 2003. That was a lot of money. And I didn't have to pay for rent. I was learning under some of the biggest, the biggest media professionals you could imagine. This was at the time Vanguard Media. Vanguard owned mm -hmm. Savoy Heart and Soul and Honey Magazine. Mm -hmm. And so I was the intern on the Savoy Living uh, pilot. They were doing a pilot. The magazine was doing a pilot for HGTV. I mean, this, like a dream. Like this is a and dream. And was uh, Amy Barnett there at Honey? Barnett. At Honey, she was she was at Honey, and I think getting ready to go to Teen People. Oh, and so, God. I mean, this was like the heyday. This was like the wonderful heyday. It was like Bad Boy, but the media published it. Like all these people are there. Mitzi Miller was there, and I mean, just so on oh, and so yeah. forth. Everybody was there, and so I was an intern on the Savoy Living pilot. And um, and so yeah, I got to produce. I got to be an assistant on producing a television pilot. So I really got to see like. Production in front of the camera, behind the camera, and I got to take all of that back to Hampton. And now, so, see, I, will, I will say this real, Kristen. 
that because of the school that you went to and probably the support at Hampton, they, because I think by the time you're the freshman year, they're kind of like really prepping you like for jobs. Okay. It's like, they really want you all to succeed. Cause I have a niece that's at Hampton and a freshman year, she was like hitting me up and she said, you know, uh, Auntie Pam, I need to know about the internship. I'm like, you just got there. She said, what well, Hampton, you have to do this and this and this. So they really, you know, HBCUs, they really do make sure that, um, you know, that you get your stuff together. Yeah. And so because of that, you went to New York, I went to New major York. market in a major, a major thing. <laughs> the number, <laughs> so the number that doesn't one market. a lot for people. Okay. No, so. I mean, this was like, you know, thank God a mentor of mine had a relationship with Vanguard Media. And she said, listen, if she said, I'll put you in touch. If you can get the job, it's yours and you can come live with me. And so that's what happened. I lived with her while working that internship. The internship was amazing. It was completely story. So much so that when I graduated, I was like, that's the only place I want to live. New York is it. I'm going to go to New York and be a reporter. In theory, that sounded good. In theory. Now, in actuality, not so much. And I'm going to tell you guys why. So I did an internship, another internship in Hampton before I graduated with the Public Access Channel. I was also a, a producer there, writer there. And then when I graduated, they were like, listen, you can be a reporter here. And I was like, no, I'm going to New York. <laughs> so I should have asked. I should have asked more questions. Probably should have got more wisdom, but I was just New York bound. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is that New York is the number one market. It is it is major. Once you hit New York, you've basically made it. But that doesn't happen straight out of college. And the reason why is because you got to scrape your teeth. You when you get to New York, you should know it. You need to know how to handle breaking news. You need to know how to handle things on a moment's notice. And when you're fresh out of college, you just haven't had enough experience to know how to do those things. So when I moved to New York as a graduate of Hampton University, I went to go write for a magazine, a corporate magazine, because I couldn't get a job as a reporter. And I did that for five years. And at the end of five years, I was like, I am nowhere near where I thought I was going to be. I'm not, I'm not at my goal. And, and by the time I got five years out of college, my reel was on VHS. Yes, mm. y'all, I'm dating myself. My <laughs> reel was on VHS. There was nothing that I could do with that reel. So I had to go and create a new reel. I hired a consultant to help me create a brand new reel. Mm -hmm. I started applying for jobs all over the country. And thankfully, after a year of applying, I received an opportunity in market 165 in Abilene, Texas. KTXS. Thank yeah. you, George Levesque. And so I went down to Abilene, Texas. My husband and I live long distance. He stayed in Connecticut. I went to Texas for a year and I worked as an education reporter. And it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. It it was me cutting my teeth. It was me getting the experience that I needed to get. Because so coming, I out, coming out of college, basically, a lot of the technology had changed anyway. What? Five years out of college, I needed a refresher course. I was like, the real isn't even on VHS anymore. I need help. I needed serious help and guidance. So, you know, I say that to say, and I want to, you know, hopefully give a takeaway in the mid strategy. You've got to have a strategy and you've got to have wisdom and mentors all the way through, not just at checkpoints, but you need to have people all the way through who can say to you, hey, wait a minute. Now, I know you want to go to New York, but maybe New York is a five year goal. It's not a right now goal. It's a five year goal, because then after I spent my time in Texas, 
I did go back to New York and I got a job at News 12 in New York reporting. Yeah. And so my dream came to pass, but there were definitely some detours and some curves to make it happen. And so for anyone- the writing listen, helped. When you did the writing for five years, that helped. Oh, yes. I was a much better writer. And all of those things do matter and they add up to the eventual goal. So after Texas, I was reporting in Texas. I started reporting at News 12. And it was at while I was reporting at News 12 that I created The Positive Controversy. Mm -hmm. And so we have completed, we completed two seasons of The Positive Controversy. Absolutely amazing. The first season had six episodes. The second season had 10 episodes. And I think six or seven comedic skits. I'll tell you where the comedic skits came from. In 2015, I saw Trevor Noah live in stand-up and it changed my life. It oh my God. my life. Because journalists are required to ask the tough questions. We have to be able to report and talk about anything. And while a stand-up comedian is not necessarily a journalist, they are a commentator on life. Mm -hmm. And Trevor Noah- yeah. Trevor Noah and Dave Chappelle, everyone else in these mixed audiences, he was talking about race, slavery, immigration, poverty, mm. and this audience was laughing. And I was like, but this the, is brilliant. This is genius. He is talking about some of the most controversial and challenging topics you could ever talk about, but he's doing it with levity. So that means that he's able to, this audience is listening. These mm. white people are listening to what mm -hmm. he's saying. So I said, that's how you talk about controversy. So my producers and I created gets to talk about all these different issues. And then I did a year of stand-up comedy. And so my husband and I moved from New York to Massachusetts. And I want to say the year after we moved here, I did a year of stand-up comedy. My last show was when I was two months, two weeks from having my daughter. I was, I was as big as a house on a on a stand-up stage. Oh my God. Comedy. And it's harder. It's harder to do comedy. It really but, is. You've got to be you it's timing. It's just so, it's just so much. So I you were in Boston. Boston. You were in Boston because you knew uh, Nicole Roberts-Jones. Yes, a I of met mine. Nicole when I moved here. I yes. met her when I moved here. And so, and when I moved here, I, I started reporting at ABC9 in New Hampshire. And then the most recent place that I reported was NBC10 Boston. Mm, major, so, station. Major, station. <laughs> major station. Major station. Major. And that was my last contract. And so from there, Hope Productions really took off. I created this course to respond to the needs of all the, the young people I have. Young people, all, I wanna say young people because some of them aren't super young, but they don't have experience. Right. People right. who are looking to be mentored, looking to be coached. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, I can't handle all of the people who need help or seeking help because I'm a very hands-on coach, very hands-on mentor, mm -hmm. but the influx and the increase, you know, once you start moving through the markets, you become more widely accessible. And I wanted to be able to touch more people. And I'm like, how do you do that? I created an online course with Nicole's mm. help. I was going to say, that sounds, like, that sounds like Nicole right there. With Nicole's <laughs> help. And I told her, I said, listen, you know, I took her coaching course and I was like, this is the greatest need that I have. It's responding to the many people who need journalism help, who need skills and tools and coaching to get in the newsroom. Some who have never taken a journalism course, some who don't have college degrees. And I'm telling you, I think God sends me the most precarious of situations because 
those are the ones who are now in newsrooms. A woman who had been out of college for 14 years, married, four children, never been on air, has now in her third station. And she wow. came through my on-air academy course. Wow. I a young man that. who was a funeral director, he owned a funeral home in Georgia, didn't even have a degree. He is now, he started in the market in like 80, market 80 in Texas, yes. came yes. through the on-air academy course. So it not, I mean, it works, but this is, I put everything that I know, everything that I learned into this course and offered it online. And mm -hmm. as a result, um, a wonderful organization by the name of Harlem Children's Zone, it's a world-class nonprofit started by Jeffrey, Can the Jeffrey Canada, um, has partnered with me to teach their high schoolers television broadcasting, which for that. me is just like, it's mind blowing because it's, it's exactly circle. what you said at the beginning, it's full, full circle. circle. That's it is so it full circle. And when I created the course, I never envisioned high schoolers. I don't know why, but I never envisioned high schoolers because I was thinking college students, entry level, these are the people I've worked with so far. And high schoolers is perfect and brilliant because the sooner you can have access and exposure to something, the sooner you can make a decision, the sooner you can decide create if it's going to be a part of your life, the sooner mm -hmm. you can create a strategy. Yes, yes. And you'll, you'll, you'll decide. It's like, well, you know what? I, I'm in high school. I want to go to this college because I want to major in this. I want to meet this person. I want to do this at the Howard University. If I want to do this, at, you know, whatever it is, they'll have a strategy. Florida. So that's one of the main things. I taught journalism in high school in Detroit. Did you? Ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Yes. So bless you. You know, <laughs> I know. I know, and this was in person. So, like at a certain point in time, if they weren't paying attention, I would like, I like flip a rubber band, and they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, what, what was that? It was like, oh, you really not supposed to be doing that. But and I can't I'm, flip any rubber bands on Zoom. <laughs> I can't flip no rubber. They don't care nothing about a rubber band on Zoom. <laughs> so the the thing about it is that you're really getting them at an age where you're you're training them, you're teaching them, you're showing them a whole nother world besides entertainment but news can really make an impact it really yes. makes an impact on the things that they're seeing right now like they'll see all the uprisings and things like that like what can you do as a journalist to really shape the the, the message you know through the media and that's and one of the things i want to have you on because you're doing that the you're first thing we talk about at the beginning of our classes is current events you always have a like like a newsroom mm -hmm. we get together like a newsroom and we talk about the news of the day and we and I do that so that they can know what it feels like to be interviewed and to interview me mm -hmm. and to do exactly what you said, Pam, to shape the story. And I explain to them all the time. We need more of you in the newsroom, because if we don't, some of these stories just won't be told or they won't be told from a particular angle. Like who is going to be talking about the fact that black people have a reasonable uh, fear of vaccines? Mm -hmm. That it's not crazy. It's reasonable because of our history yes. in the medical field. Yes. But who's going who, who's to talk about that? Right. Who's going to bring that up? You know what I mean? That is, that's that up is, to us. That's that why good. we have to be there. I love that. You yeah. were recently one of the top influential women, I want to say, Black Enterprise. Oh gosh! Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That is, and the reason why it's influential because you make an impact. You're, you're, you, you knew that you wanted to mentor and help 
other people to really get to reach their goals, the young people starting with them. And that's what influential means. It's not so that, oh, I could be, you know, this person that everybody just knows my name and I get a good parking space and a good table at the restaurant, <laughs> but no. from the standpoint of really making a difference. And so the my program, Ready, Set, Go Speak, was the same thing. It's an online membership program. It's, it's part course, but it's part membership. So you can mentor people who really want to go certain places, but then they don't know where to go, who to ask. You know, they can maybe join associations and nothing wrong with National Association of Black Journalists, but that's not their job really to teach and mentor people all the time to get them to where they need to go. So someone right. has to be, you know, tapped on the shoulder or just you felt led to start this and to create this to help different people um, with Ready, Set, Go, Speak. It's really like speakers and authors and how to brand better and how to position themselves in the media and how to get PR, how to pitch. And, and so, because we don't, no one just knows that. You no, know, and, 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 and a, lot of black, listen, know a lot of black people won't even know the people who to ask. They, right. I, you know, in my family, they may not be in this field. You know, my, right. my dad was a, a, a mailman and, and then my mom was a homemaker. And so I don't have a lineage of people that are in my family that will just teach me these things. Right. Right. They just don't. So it's up to us to really like once we learn, go to college, it's like, OK, like Tony Brown, like probably, you know, was under his tutelage. And he probably tried to share every contact that he had with you because he's just that type of person. For me, it was George Frazier when I met him when I was in, in um, college. You know, it was one of those things where he was like, OK, this is the things that you do and, and whatever, whatever. So you need different people who've been ahead of you to really share with you and, and to show them. And I love the story you said about the lady that was been out of school over a decade. Over and she's a decade working in the newsroom. And she is working in her third. Now she's an anchor. She's actually an anchor, I think, in Michigan. Wow. And this is, I mean, she came to me in 2018. That is amazing. And I, you know, upon, and I was just certain, I was like, oh no, I can help you. And this was the, like I said, like this wasn't a, a smooth track. Like a mm -hmm. smooth track was like, oh, you went to journalism school, you had some internships, you're ready to go. This was not that. We really had to start from the ground floor. I'm like, we've got to package you. We've got to put you together to package you. You've got to create your first reel. You know, so she mm -hmm. found a consultant, same as I did. She found a consultant to put this reel together, and now she's just anchor. Wow, that's and a so really good story. That's I a really good story. If she's in the Detroit area after after this, let me know so I can so I can maybe write a story on her and put her in Speakers Magazine because that's a really good story. It's amazing. It's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. And I just thank God that I got to be a part of her story. That I got to be a part of her getting to this place. And I just thank God. I was saying like you need this course is needed and it's not just needed for people that had your path you know what i mean it's created for for anybody because yeah. at this point you know it's changed the media has changed so much that you don't necessarily have to have a degree i'm not saying that you shouldn't but the path is 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 not clear right as it used to be anymore because it really comes down to who's gonna work the hardest who you know who can who can put a story together the best? Who mm -hmm. is willing to go out there and get that interview? That's what matters. Yes, yes, I like that. So this show is brought to you by Speakers Magazine because it was created for that. Because what you said earlier that I wanted to show people who normally don't get the shine or the light all the time. So Speakers Magazine is really to shine a light on black speakers who normally people wouldn't necessarily see or hear, but to give them a shine. 
And so that's that's something that has always been in me to want to do because even when I was in college, it was like, okay, well, I go to these conferences and things like that. I'd always be the only black person there. These journalism conferences, it's like, where, you know, and thank God NABJ was around, but they weren't around all the time when I was at these different places where I work, right? So that's one of the, the main things that that I really wanted to say that you do need to have people that are going to support you or have a mentor, uh, knowing what it is that you want to do with the media. That's really what you knew really for sure, what you want to, what impact you want to make in the media from going from, and you did stand up comedy from going this, this, and this, it was all about your messaging. Yes. And it was, and and even, you know, that I think people were thinking like, Oh, so she's getting ready to do stand up. And it wasn't about me doing stand up. It was all about me. Exactly what you said, honing my message, figuring out how best to tell the story, figuring out how best to reach people and connect mm-hmm. with people, which is what I am. I'm a, I'm a connector at my heart. I can tell you are too, Cam. And when you do that, you just, you want to make the best impact when you have the opportunity. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I I said this to, to a lot of the people in the Ready, Set, Go membership community. I said, if you can tell a story and graphically do some things online, um, really don't be afraid of technology, but, but if you are, you can get, you know, get better with practice in terms of video editing and that sort of thing. You can really just be so much further ahead with your brand. And I said, people who know video editing and graphics and how to tell the story, they're the ones that are really going to make an impact. And so I tried to challenge them to do more lives. I tried to challenge them to do more, uh, things where they're interviewing people, if it's a podcast, because everybody, especially since COVID, everybody has their own studio at their home. <laughs> so you we we got to do that. You got to have a right computer, the right microphone. The right, it's it's and like, you don't need, I mean, you, you, but you don't need nearly as much as we need. I'm going to show you something, Pam. So just stay with me right here. Let me see if I, if I can turn to it. Oh, wow. A big old studio camera. Yes. That I've had for seven years, but you don't need all of that. I'm just being honest. I'm being honest to whomever. That's all you need. Just a phone. That's all you need. People are making whole movies with their cell phones. That's all you need. A, a, you know, a cell phone, maybe a computer, because you can find, you can download an editing app. So if you can't mm-hmm. even afford a computer, you can just, I mean, really, your cell phone will do it all for you. Canva, mm-hmm. right? You know, some mm-hmm. little graphic design apps, and you're good. And you're mm-hmm. good, but it does make a difference to have someone. If you don't know some of these things, as my mother says, you don't know what you don't know. So if right. you don't know these things, it's worth it to invest. Invest in yourself. Yes. Go yes. find it'll, out. It'll it'll make the learning curve so much shorter, and you can really get out there and do some things because the learning the learning curve is shorter because someone showed you the ropes. That's right. You know, I love that. I love that. Well, Kristen, what is it that um, people can find out more information about you? Do you have a book coming up soon? Oh, you gosh, have- I wish. I wish I did. <laughs> I did publish a devotional. I did publish okay. a devotional that's available on my website. It's okay. called Breakdown to Breakthrough. Mm. I am a mom of a toddler. And so I went through a pretty hefty postpartum depression after my daughter was born and a girlfriend of mine roseanne shout out to her because i mean this would not even be here without her thank god for great girlfriends yeah you to be your best i was going through such a, a terrible time and she said right she just encouraged me to keep writing keep yes. writing 
And so I wrote and I said, you know what, these lessons and these things that I'm going through, I think I can do something with this. And she was like, make it a devotional. I love and that. so I have a 31 day devotional um, called Breakdown and Breakthrough. It's available on my website um, uh, about lessons and, and kind of like you see me at the beginning of postpartum depression. And then you see me at the end where mm. I'm basically a different person. So it's a, wow. it's a yeah. Oh, so they can go to kristenlpope.com and get right. that. Yes. That is so good. My, yeah. um, one of my uh, best friends, Karen Taylor Bass, she is a uh, PR colleague as well, but she had her baby at 40 and she suffered from postpartum depression as well. And she wrote and journaled and then she published it as a book. It's called The Brand New Mommy. And oh, uh, she is, yeah, she, she came out of it. And, but it was one of those things where writing, because you have the gift, you know, had the gift of writing. So communicating that, that whole little journey really now can, you see the reason for it, it helps someone else. And so with Karen, the brand new mommy, she's in another phase now where she's like a yogi. Now she does yoga. She teaches yoga and PR. So she calls herself a PR yogi. So she was on the podcast, like three or four podcasts before. So if you want to hear that that podcast, the the one before, Um, but yeah, it really talks about just, you know, keeping your brand um, relevant and changing it with your different things that you're going through in order to help someone else. So she still does PR, but she really does it for her yoga business, which she now goes to like AARP and she does meditation and, and that sort of thing. So she uses, oh, I would say God doesn't waste anything in our past. Nothing. Cause I was going to say, Nothing. I know some of those tools help her get through that dark yes. time. And, yes. and that's what we do. When you add a layer onto your life, your brand expands and you got to mm-hmm. expand with it. Yes. And so be yes. adding mother, adding the role of mother to my life, expanded my brand, expanded mm-hmm. my existence and my identity. And so I was able to lean into that and tap into that. And I'm so grateful. Yes, that is good. That is good. So <laughs> Kristen L. Pope, uh, I want people to go there, get the book. And then also um, tell us a little quick bit about what you're doing in terms of the social media space as well. Yes. So you can find me on at Kristen L. Pope TV on Twitter and on Instagram. And there I am, you know, sharing life. Uh, You know, my three, like I would say my three biggest loves, Jesus, media, and my family. Those are the things that I share there. And I am, um, you know, I'm so grateful. I have been honored, gosh, over the last six months with some amazing things. I was honored as a top 40 under 40 alumna at Hampton University. I was honored as one of top 50 most influential black business people of color here in Boston. I was honored as one of nine top uh, impactful business people by black enterprise. Shout out to Jessica Mosley. I was honored at the end of 2020 as one of 25 most interesting people in the Metro West region. That's where I live, over 150,000 people. Wow. I was one of 25. And so, you know, I, I am just, I'm sharing the journey. I'm sharing the journey because and you're, and you're keeping with your passion and with your mission and your alignment. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I feel I so much more grounded. I'm so humbled and I feel so much more grounded in who I am because like I said, it has been a curvy journey, but God has been good and he doesn't waste anything. So mm-hmm. I believe I'm here on purpose, in purpose, with a purpose. And doing the purpose with the high school kids from our right. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. So I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really fun. You have just given me energy, given me life. I love it. It's just like I 
I feel like we have not met, but I feel like we know each other. I know. Because, I feel like six stuff. degrees of separation right here, Pam. We are, yes, I feel your spirit and your sweet energy, and you're so pretty. I'm like, she's so pretty to look at. My goodness. I've done three podcasts today, and all I did was change earrings. So that Girl, was, like, you know, you like, hey. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. This so is I'm so like, that made your clothes without change earrings. <laughs> I love it. This was such a treat, Pam. Thank it you is. so much. Thank you so much. And what I'd like to do is if um, the issue coming up, not the March issue, because that one's we're in, but the next issue, I'd like you to be in that issue as well. So if you could, we could kind of get together for Speakers, Speakers Magazine. Oh my gosh. And I've seen speakers all over the internet because of Nicole oh. and these fabulous other women. So <laughs> Nicole was a cover girl. Yes. Yes. So the Thank April issue you. will have uh, Rashawn McDonald. I don't know if you know Rashawn. He's from, um, he used to work with Steve Harvey. So he has a, a show. So he's our cover guy for cover guy for, for April. But I'd love for you to be in that issue because you would kind of flow with that because he's about mission as well. He's making mm-hmm. an impact. He has a podcast, television podcast and that sort of thing. So yeah, that would be good. And then he actually does comedy as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Steve, him and Steve started together. Him and Steve oh started my together. Goodness. And I mean, so listen, Rashawn was his manager for many years. Steve just went on and then Rashawn and he were, they were just together all That's the time. The right there, Steve Harvey. So yes. I mean, my yes. goodness. And, and listen, doing comedy is is really one of the toughest things to do. So anyone, when you see someone like David Chappelle, Trevor Noah or whatever, and it's like, it took a lot of writing to really get those jokes down, to really make it a point, you know, not just filthy jokes, but we're, you know, that's easy to get that kind of joke, but to make people laugh and think at the same time, that's a skill. I'm telling you, when I saw it, I was like, this is brilliant. I'm going to go try this. I did it for a year, about 20 different shows. I got some really good laughs. I have about four or five different skits. And but it is not easy. It's not easy. And I had no cussing. I had no cussing. And so yeah, even more so. Yeah. That could be the book. I need to write about that. Whenever (laughs) I say that, people are like, You did what? But I'm willing. I'm so willing and I want to be expended. I think like D Marshall, I heard D Marshall say it. She was like, I want to live full and die empty. And I feel the same thing, you know, and I'm willing to try it, try it once and see how it goes and add it to my repertoire of who I am. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's how we're going to end that. Thank you so much, Kristen. And you have a great day, okay? You too. Um, Thank you. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.